this is Mike Dilt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, on this week's Relax Back UK show. Now, with COVID and worries about that, I'm wondering if people have forgotten some of the basics about keeping themselves healthy. Let me help you focus. To put it into perspective, we've got more than 160,000 deaths every year from heart and circulatory um, diseases. That, that means that's one death every three minutes. Dr. Sarah Jarvis talks cholesterol, how to avoid it, and what to do about it. Maybe one of the things we need to do is to try and relax a little bit more to avoid heart problems. And Hugh Stefan Kumelich. My mission now is to help the largest possible number of people learn how to relax most effectively in the shortest possible time. He's the inventor of the Sensate device that is designed to help us relax using sound vibrations. So please do stay around for a great show. Thank you. station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. guest today is Dr. Sarah Jarvis. She's the GP and uh, I asked her if we have actually forgotten some of the basics about health and cholesterol. That's heart health and cholesterol. I fear we may well have done, which is one of the reasons I'm so glad to be here. So we have made great strides in terms of reducing death rates from heart disease or cardiovascular disease, as we call it in the UK, in the last two or three decades. They've gone down by over 50 percent. But we are still at the stage where combined heart attack, stroke and other cardiovascular problems really account for the single biggest cause of death in the UK. So yes, things are better than they were, but there is still a very, very long way to go. And okay. I think it's high time that we started to think about it again. So the single biggest cause of death, can you put some numbers on that just to shock us all a bit? Well, we're probably talking somewhere in the region of between one in four and one in three deaths in the UK is caused by cardiovascular disease. Right. Okay. So when you say cardiovascular disease is is the root of all this cholesterol is that is are those sort of two things synonymous really 
So it's one of the single biggest risk factors. So yes, absolutely. To put it into perspective, we've got more than 160,000 deaths every year from heart and circulatory um, diseases. That, that means that's one death every three minutes. So there are an awful lot of people who, despite all the improvements we've made, still are living with risk factors. So for instance, of course, I think we all know by now, unless we've been living on a desert island for the last 50 years, that smoking is bad for your heart and increases your risk of stroke as well. Yeah. Um, well but let, Actually, let me just ask you, mm. you, you, you gave that figure, that was for the UK, but is, is, it, is, it, is it a worldwide problem or is this more of a developed world problem? So the answer, that's a very, very interesting question. So the answer is basically it very largely goes along with obesity. So in the past, it very much used to be a developed world um, issue, a Western society issue. Now we're increasingly seeing figures just in the last last few days, actually. We've seen new statistics out from, for instance, India, which where we don't very much don't think of obesity being a problem as, um, you know, new figures suggesting they're getting a real problem with obesity. So unfortunately, it is becoming a worldwide problem, even in areas where we traditionally have had lower levels than we've had in Western society. Right. Okay. And and one of the major factors is is cholesterol. So let me just ask a basic basic question. Everyone talks about oh cholesterol, but what is it? Ah, it's a very very good question, and it's a bit more complicated than you might think. So in its simplest form, cholesterol is a fatty substance which is largely made in your body in your liver. Now, we all need cholesterol. Actually, if we had no cholesterol, we'd be in big trouble because actually there's cholesterol inside every cell in your body. It's important in your brain, your nerves, your skin. It's used to make bile, which helps you digest the fat you eat. The problem is, as with so many things, too much of a good thing equals a very bad thing. And that really is what we live with in the United Kingdom. Almost half of UK adults have cholesterol levels which are above the national guidelines. And all of that increases your risk of heart attack and strokes. There are two main kinds of cholesterol, if you like, what we call LDL and HDL. And those are lipoproteins. They're little parcels, basically. Cholesterol and other lipids are carried in your blood, attached to proteins, tiny spheres like parcels. They're called lipoproteins. And the good one, which actually helps to carry cholesterol away from your cells, back to the liver to let it be broken down is called HDL. The bad one that most of us have too much of is called LDL. And if you have too much LDL in particular, this gets laid down on the inside of your arteries. It forms a sort of sticky plaque, a fatty deposit. It's like lime scale in the inside of your personal pipes. And that can partly clog clog them up and it can reduce the flow of blood, for instance. Um, you've probably heard the term atherosclerosis. So this process of laying down of fat and hardening of the arteries is called atherosclerosis. It's largely down to cholesterol. And for instance, A, it can reduce the flow of vital blood to different bits of your body, but also those plaques, those fatty deposits can break open and end up clog clogging the entire 
um, surface or the entire lumen, the, the, the middle of the tube and block it up completely. And what happens then is you don't get any blood flowing. And if one of those arteries is supplying blood to the heart muscle, you'll have a heart attack as a result. If it's supplying blood to part of your brain, then the result could be a stroke. Okay, so we've we've got two very nasty things that we, we've got heart, which will both kill you uh, pretty much uh, immediately if you're unlucky, heart attack mm. and strokes. Um, I was going to ask if there's anything else bad, but. Uh, oh, there's lots else bad, I'm afraid. I wish oh, I wish All there right. weren't, but there is lots else bad. So, you know, for instance, uh, if you've had a heart attack or if you have risk factors for cardiovascular disease, in other words, in, in particular, high cholesterol, in addition to things like um, raised blood pressure, you can get heart failure where your heart can't pump out effectively. And that is a, a, another really, really nasty condition to have. Uh, you get shortness of breath, particularly when you exercise, particularly when you lie down flat, you can get swelling of your ankles and your lungs can fill up with fluid. Oh God. So, so that takes a, a little longer to kill you. Uh, yes, unfortunately, however, it, it's not a not a nice way to go. We do have, again, better treatments than we have, but that we had, but there is still a huge treatment gap. Right. OK, so <laughs> we've, we've, we've covered some of the really nasty things that can happen to you with high, high cholesterol. Let's move a bit on to the causes. You you, you mentioned one earlier in the chat, smoking. So smoking doesn't cause high cholesterol, but it certainly increases your risk of a clot happening and clotting one of completely stopping the blood flow in one of your arteries. So it makes your platelets more sticky. It makes you more likely to have clots. But in terms of your cholesterol, the main thing, if you think about the fact that the vast majority of cholesterol in our bodies is made in our bodies from things that we eat, you won't be remotely surprised to hear that your diet plays a major role. So a diet that's high in saturated fats, so animal fats in particular, a diet that's high in processed food, and really importantly, a diet that is low in all the good things in life. So the Mediterranean diet is what we really aim, ask people to try and aspire to. There we're thinking lots of unrefined carbohydrates, so wholemeal, whole grain, lots of fruit and veg, not too much meat, not too much saturated fat, and substituting instead so-called heart-healthy oils like olive oil and uh, rapeseed oil. Those are much, much less damaging. Okay. Has any work been done to, to prove or see if uh, vegans and vegetarians um, uh, have better heart health? Yes, overall, vegans and vegetarians do have better heart health. But what we need to bear in mind is that, unfortunately, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian who doesn't know much about healthy eating, then you could just be living on, you know, pastry and refined pasties. And unfortunately, that is every bit as bad. Okay. Uh, well, what about exercise? Does exercise help yeah. with this? I mean, if you if you put your heart under pressure, it will get stronger. But, exactly. Um, is it this is a good thing? Exercise is hugely hugely important. So getting enough regular exercise can help lower your cholesterol. It can help increase the levels of good cholesterol. And of course, it can also help you to manage your weight. And we know that weight living with obesity or, or overweight really does increase your cholesterol. And in particular, it tends to drop your levels of bad cholesterol and uh, sorry, of good cholesterol and increase the levels of bad cholesterol. And that's a particular issue if you carry that weight around your tummy, if you're an apple rather than a pear. 
Okay. So exercise is good, but like how much do you, I mean, do you have to do some really serious exercise to make any difference here? No. So the answer is um, on the whole, we ask that we, we, we recommend that people aim towards half an hour, uh, at least five times a week of what we call aerobic exercise, the kind that gets your heart pumping, the kind that makes you mildly out of puff. If As you get older, we also recommend individual muscle strengthening exercises because they'll reduce your risk of falls. They'll help to keep your bones strong. But those aren't specifically for your heart. It's aerobic exercise. But actually, having said that, you absolutely do not need to say, oh, well, I can't do half an hour a day or half an hour five times a week. And therefore, I might as well just give up. The simple fact of the matter is that any amount of exercise, but particularly if you can do 10 minutes, minutes at a time of the kind of exercise that gets your heart pumping um, and gets you you feeling slightly out of puff that will make a difference okay so something we haven't mentioned which is kind of hard to do anything about is it a bit of a, a lottery as far as your genes are concerned are some people just kind of unlucky in their kind of cholesterol life Yes. So some people are definitely unlucky. There is a condition called FH or inherited raised cholesterol, familial hyperlipidemia, it's called. It's called. It affects probably about one in 500 people in the UK, but unfortunately about six out of seven of them have not have it, had it diagnosed. And the reason I say unfortunately is because if you have got that kind of inherited high cholesterol, then no matter how healthy your lifestyle is, you are going to be living with very dangerously raised levels of cholesterol. So everybody with FH effectively should be on medication. And we should also be doing genetic testing for other family members. So yes, you're absolutely right. But interestingly, that's about one in 500 people in the UK. That does mean the other 499 out of 500 don't have the same genetic predisposition from this inherited raised cholesterol. However, some people will inherit a tendency to carry weight around their midriff, a tendency if they put on weight to have it inside their tummy. And that is particularly bad in terms of your heart. Right. Do we, do we know how many of us might suffer from that? Uh, unfortunately, a lot, but more likely if you are, a, for instance, South Asian origin. So people from certain ethnic backgrounds are much more likely. Right. And so we're talking about uh, exercise. Is there like to, to if you're one of these unfortunate people that has genetically disposed to put on weight around your middle, like can you get over that with exercise or, yes. or, or do you have to like do two or three hours a day? No, absolutely not. So again, even if you are an apple rather than a pear, then exercise can make a significant difference and so can losing weight. So if, for instance, you can lose 10% of your weight and you're an apple, you'll lose 30% of your intra-abdominal fat. That's that fat deep inside your gut, which really makes a difference. But I think let, let's be a bit more fundamental here. There's a new survey from Novartis that's shown that while over half of Brits who are 55 or over have spoken to their about their cholesterol levels with the GP, there's a terrifyingly large number who just really don't have any idea. So to put it into perspective, we've got three quarters of people who are unable to identify a good cholesterol level in a healthy adult. And only about one in 20 knew that 
if you haven't had your cholesterol checked within the last five years and you're aged 40 to 75, 74, then you can get a five-yearly NHS health check available, usually through your pharmacist, the pharmacist, the first person to talk to. And that will give you a full breakdown of what your risks are, including what your cholesterol level is and what that means for you on the basis of other factors like your age, your gender, your smoking status, whether or not you've got a family history and your blood pressure. That sounds like something that's really worth doing. Let's just, so you just stroll into your local pharmacy and say, look, I'm, I'm a bit worried about some of these things. I'd like them tested. So if you have had your cholesterol checked in the last five years, this is not for you. We recommend everyone over the age of 40 should be having it checked at least every five years or more often if your doctor advises. Now, if you've had a heart attack or a stroke, the simple fact of the matter is that the best lifestyle in the world is not going to be enough to keep your cholesterol down. You will, it, We will recommend that you, you should be taking medicine as well, but that doesn't mean that you can forget about lifestyle. You should still be doing it. But if you go into your pharmacy in some areas these stopped because of the pandemics these nhs health checks but they are starting to come back online and if your pharmacist can't offer it themselves they may be able to 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 pin uh, to direct you to another pharmacist who did or if you can't get it from your pharmacist you could speak to your gp or a practice nurse if you haven't had your cholesterol checked in the last five years Okay, so, so it's a blood test, I'm, I'm assuming. It's a simple blood test, but they also then put all those other factors into a calculator. So they get a much broader picture because one person who's got the same level of, of cholesterol as somebody else, how big their risk is will depend on all sorts of other factors. So they'll factor in, as I say, your age, your gender, whether you smoke, whether your blood pressure is high and so on. Okay, uh, and it's good that that can be done at, um, with, at a, by going to a pharmacy because as we all know, GPs are pretty busy just now. In fact, yeah. I mean, the amount of time we've been talking, I mean, you're, you're a GP, you would have seen, well. One and a half patients. Officially. One and a half patients, yeah. So have you really got time for people like me who look pretty healthy to come in and say, I'd, I'd like to have a cholesterol well, test? Don't please. forget, these can often be done by other members of the practice staff. Maybe they can be done by the practice nurse, a trained healthcare assistant may be able to do them in the practice. So it's always worth speaking to the receptionist at yeah. your practice if your local pharmacy doesn't offer them rather than making an appointment directly with the GP. Yeah, but first first uh, stop the pharmacy sounds like the, the best Absolutely. advice there. All right, if, if people are listening to this and thinking, right, I'd like to fi- find out more, um, is there... I know there's always good advice on the NHS website. Is that where you would direct people? I would suggest people go to Heart UK. So Heart UK is the cholesterol charity and their whole aim in life is to help people to identify and manage raised cholesterol in order to reduce their risks. Okay. So if they just Google Heart UK, they get some good advice. They will indeed. Brilliant. Sarah, thank you very much indeed for chatting. Very important info. Thanks so much. All the best. Bye now. station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits and more. 
Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Kumalecki's invented the Sensate device and he's co-founder of the Sensate company. And I started off by asking if, well, if it's just a, a device that helps us to relax more. That's a pretty good nutshell summation. Yeah, thank you very much. It's the kind of thing our, our investors ask for. You know, what, what, what is it in a few words? Um, but, I, you know, I, I think of um, that as a very important subject, um, enabling the largest possible number of people to relax because, you know, anxiety and stress uh, is a huge global issue, uh, never more so than since COVID, although it was an epidemic prior to that. It was just more of a kind of hidden epidemic and uh i'm all about impact and my my mission now is to help the largest possible number of people learn how to relax most effectively in the shortest possible time well there's absolutely no question that there's a a need for it so we'll we'll put that to one side and then find out (laughs) what it is that you're doing to help all these people now there's a key sort of phrase which um i I look to your website and a key phrase that crops up on on the website and that is sonic resonance now uh, i i kind of because uh, i'm a bit daft i immediately thought of doctor who and the sonic screwdriver but tell me please what is what is sonic resonance um and also in in terms of what you're doing here with the sensate how it applies sonic of course just refers to sound yeah uh, ultrasonic or infrasonic uh, being the two spectrums a bit like um, you know ultra blue and infrared uh, ultraviolet. Um, so they're just and, different frequencies of sound, those two things. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, this is accepted within physics and mathematics as much as it's, you know, it's, it's common knowledge or common parlance, if you like, within a more kind of uh, naturalistic sense. But uh, everything is vibration. Um, everything has a, spa- a, a frequency at which it vibrates. And that really defines what it is. You know, all matter is made from much the same stuff. It's its rate of vibration that defines it. Uh, and we sent the Sensate technology produces uh, sound within the very, very broad audible and, and infrasonic spectrum. So the device itself sits on the chest and produces infrasound or near infrasound. So very low frequencies, which then vibrate and resonate into the chest through bone conduction. And we can talk a little are bit they, more about are these, these low frequencies, can we hear them or not quite? Uh, the, Generally speaking, the low frequencies are subaudible. Yeah, so so the human ear can hear down. The human ear can hear down to about fifty hertz, forty, fifty hertz. Uh, fifty hertz is roughly earth hum, um, which a lot of people will be familiar with. That's generally about the lowest end that most people can hear. We go a bit lower than that. And actually, I mean, the music has always been uh, written, including some of this low end stuff. Some of the uh, sacred music you get from Bach and people that was composed for the church organ um, actually has two octaves which are below human hearing threshold. So there's an understand. There's been an understanding for a very long time that um, uh, music uh, isn't just what we can hear; it's also what we can feel. Okay. All right. uh, and then the other half, the, the other half of the composition is via the app. So there's you know actual what what we would call music, um, which you hear through headphones from the app. 
So you have these two components. You have the, the, the broad audible spectrum, um, which is pleasant music synced with and orchestrated with the infrasound uh, sub-audible frequencies, which you feel vibe bone conduction on the chest. Okay, so, so that you, you've got headphones and you've got this device that you put on your chest. How, how big is the device that you put on your chest? Uh, it's, it's about it's palm sized. Okay. I'm looking around. There is one in the other room. Um, but uh, of course, you know, your, your, your listeners can't see it. But um, it's kind of palm sized and it's ergonomic, right? So it's designed to fit on the palm and therefore fit on the chest. Uh, so it's like it's, it's often described as a pebble. So it's like a nice kind of pebble-shaped size. Um, and if, in fact, if anything, with future generations, we might make it a little, a little bit heavier than it is currently because people find the uh, the kind of reassuring, gentle weight of it quite uh, quite pleasant. Right. So you, do, you, do, you, do you strap it onto your chest or is the idea to use it when you're lying down? Yeah, so the use case, and, and I'm, I'm kind of the, uh, the, the, the holder of the use case. Um, so we, it was developed in clinic uh, using a particular uh, way of using it. And that's the way um, I've uh, invented and designed the technology to be used. People do, of course, and once it's out of our hands and in somebody's home, people will, you know, will use it in all kinds of ways. But um, we, we think generally it's most effective when you lie down, close your eyes, put your headphones on and pop it on the chest. Uh, and just allow the the infrasound and the music to do its thing, okay. uh, rather than try. You know, we we certainly don't want people you know, jogging while wearing it. Uh, although it does come with a lanyard, so you can hold it um, around your neck. But really, the purpose of the lanyard is so that because people get really relaxed, and sometimes they'll wake up from a session because it, it very very frequently sends people to sleep, and they'll stand up, and the device will go flying. So the the, the main um, the main purpose of the lanyard really is to stop it falling to the ground when people stand up. No, I get it. All right. So this this thing is um, sending out frequencies, and I, what I was thinking when I was sort of looked at your website is that you know everything in well everything has its own natural frequency that it wants to vibrate at, um, including presumably uh, your body or parts of your body. So is that what this thing is doing? Is it it's vibrating at a frequency that parts of your body want to vibrate at so that it starts vibrating more starts moving more yeah so so you're, you're referring to resonant frequency which in engineering terms is, is a worry uh, because it tends to damage things um i'm thinking of the in, tacoma, tacoma narrows bridge which, yeah indeed uh, or glass you know opera singers who can famously make glass shatter by you know, hitting exact, yes. exact notes or, or, you know, um, in medical technology, there's a lot of infrasound, yes, a high-end sound used to, say, shatter um, uh, kidney stones. Okay. So, right. uh, and, and, and even surgery, and there's infrasound um, devices which are used to clean things now. Um, but low-frequency low sound is, is different. Um, uh, uh, and and, and you know mo the resonant frequency for most objects is at the upper end, and we talk about you know raising our vibration, but we're trying to um, get people to feel vibration in their body and in their bones. And it's very similar to, um, I mean, it's incredibly similar to uh, the say the kind of sensation that human beings have found ways to reproduce in their body for thousands of years through breathing techniques, through chanting, through arming, through singing, through humming. You know, anyone that's ever hummed to themselves or in the shower or elsewhere knows um, that you produce a resonant frequency in the chest and you know when it's off key, right? Even if you're not a great singer, you know when you're singing out of key. 
So um, there's, a har there's a harmonic frequency um, which produces a, um, a sort of cohesive state within the cells and within the organs and within the nerves. And then there's disharmonic or discordant frequencies, which kind of, you know, we, we use the term jar, jar the nerves, don't we? Yeah. Um, All right. So, um, um, yeah, so if we we're familiar with vibrations that are um, pleasant, you know, this humming in the shower, I think we can all relate to that. But what what is actually happening inside us? You know, why are we liking it? Presumably it's a physical and, and, thing. There's something happening it, that we kind of... It, it, wait, it, it, Absolutely. I mean, it is physical. Um, but of course, that has immense ramifications across the emotional um, sphere as well as the physical sphere. Um, things which make us feel happy and warm and safe physically also make us um, feel safe emotionally as well. So um, when we, and I'll, I'll use this example again because it's most easy to understand, when we hum or chant or om, we're vibrating the column of air that goes down from the chest, from the throat, down into the chest through the diaphragm. Um, and that's then, you know, we're literally making that column hum and resonate yeah, and vibrate. Um, and we, we, can do, we can use that using our diaphragm or our vocals, you know, experienced uh, breath workers, experienced chanters, um, uh, hummers, hummers uh, can do that uh, on demand. Uh, all the, but it does require a fair degree of skill um and also stamina if you like and certainly attention to keep it up and to keep doing it for long enough uh, each day uh, over years or months perhaps to have the kind of impact that you're looking for sensei essentially reproduces those same kind of um inputs by using the device on the chest uh, and and humming at vibrating at these specific frequencies coordinated with what you're hearing in the headphones you produce um, very similar, almost identical feelings in the chest through bone conduction. So you're vibrating this column of air that passes down through the throat into the chest, into the diaphragm. And um, sound... And you said through bone conduction. Yeah, so the, the device, the, the pebble, sits on the sternum, sits on your right. chest. And you, um, you know, if you hold it in your hand, you can feel it vibrating. Uh, but it's only really when you put it on your chest that you feel it in the whole body. Yeah. So it's not like um, the kind of buzz you would get from a phone or from a watch, which is essentially, you know, telling you to go and collect the kids or whatever, which is just an alarm. It's an alert function. It's not tuned. It's not a specific frequency. It's just a reminder. Um, we're using whole specific frequencies, com com combined and complex frequencies, yeah, which are orchestrated with what you're hearing in your ears uh, to produce this deep resonance in the chest. And it's... It's worth noting that sound is the fastest um, process in the body. So nerve conduction speed is about 450 meters a second, which is very fast. You know, if you consider it's only got to get you know, a meter or so. Um, but the speed of sound in water is up to 3000 meters a second. So we're conveying sound through bone conduction into the chest, into the walk into the cells, the intracellular fluids of your body. And your body, the body's up to 95% water. You know, anywhere, tissues vary, it's at least 70% in most cases, uh, in some cases as high as 95%. So the signals and the sounds through the device is traveling faster than your nerve speed. Okay, all right. Can you change the frequency? You said it, it's that the frequency that's produced by the sensei is, is tuned or not tuned in, but 
is designed to happen at the same time as, as the music that you're hearing in the headphones. But say if I was, you know, a big guy with a big chest compared to a, a small person, you know, a small woman with, a, you know, just tiny, tiny features, tiny body, aren't they going to need different frequencies to have a similar well, the track? The tracks are that come on the app. Yeah? So you open the app, you select a track, uh, they're, they're broken down into themes like breathe and nature and, and time and space. You select a track based on what you, the, kind of, the kind of time you want to spend. Um, and then you hear and feel a piece of music that's, that's, that's orchestrated. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't at the moment uh, vary from person to person because, um, you know, if you are a bigger person, then you've got a bigger chest and you have bigger bones. Yeah. So it um, the the frequencies. I mean, we all we all hear top C as top C. Doesn't matter how we're built. Yeah, our perception of that of sound ears, is the same, though, and that's the wonderful chest. thing. <clears throat> yeah, but sound. Um, and you're right to to to, note, uh, to point to the difference between um, uh, audible sound perceived via compressed airwaves, i.e., your ears, uh, and sound perceived via cellular uh, interaction in the body. They are they are different things, although of course. Um, uh, bone conduction headphones, etc., have been used for a long time, um, and uh, the audio loop technology, which is used for people with hearing problems, is also working for a similar mechanism. But this is this is sound in the body, not in not in the head. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the, the the sound adjusts to the individual person based on their bone thickness, their bone density, their chest size, their lung capacity. You uh, know, a, a bit like you know, we, we, if anyone that's got a speaker. Uh, knows that you have a, a speaker and attached to it um, is a, a, um, a casing of some sort, a wooden or similar casing. And actually it's the case, it's the speaker cabinet, which You've frozen, Stefan. I don't know if you're going to come back. Which is which is resonating um, with the sound. Okay. So that, now, um, does it take two two things really that I, I, I kind of want to know? Does it take practice uh, to use this effectively? And um, also, um, well, let, let's start with that. Do you have to practice this technique? Just to mention that the signal was a little bit dodgy a second there. So tell yes, me I, I had a bit of bad signal out. there as well. So the question, yeah. the question is, um, do you have to practice using the sound No, no, I, Do you need to practice? I mean, actually, no, that's the whole point. It's a passive experience. Um, the reason I invented and developed Sensei and, and launched it as a company was that my experience as a, a, a medical expert in clinic for over the last 30 years teaching people to breathe and meditate in particular for anxiety and trauma, chronic pain, insomnia, was that in the last decade or so, decade and a half, people's ability to sit down for half an hour um, and use meditation, self-guided meditation or breathing or relax relaxation has really dropped, um, dropped off a cliff. So whereas I used to be able to say to people, okay, great, here's some exercises or use this app every day and come back in a month. Um, uh, I've, Really, only a small number of people can do that anymore. 
a lot of people now say to me and were saying to me, which is why I invented it, oh, you know, when I, I can't sit down for 10 minutes and be with my own thoughts and my own breathing because I've become too anxious or I'm thinking about the shopping list or, I'm, you know, I, 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 I just can't do that. Goodness, that's um, alarming in itself, isn't it? <laughs> it's incredibly alarming, uh, which is why uh, I determined it was my mission to find a, another solution. You know, I'd spent 30, um, dad taught me and my brother to meditate when we were very young, so I've been meditating for a long, long time, many decades. Um, and these tools, which I'd acquired, um, uh, you know, with great pain and care over many decades, were no longer working for the majority of the people I saw. So I regarded it as rather than simply give up. Um, I regarded it as my responsibility to find another solution to the problem of um, stress and anxiety. Right. Okay. So perhaps. And 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 doing and so so doing that passively was the solution to that problem. So. Whereas, obviously, if you want to learn to breathe or to meditate or even chant to OM, it takes hours and years of practice to do it effectively. Um, what we found with Sensate is that a, um, the vast majority of people, 98% of people, show a visible change within 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes. Okay. So perhaps it would be useful to, for the listeners to talk us through um, what a typical person would experience when they're using the Sensate. How, you know, what do you do? What does it feel like? All that. Exactly. So uh, you the app you follow the app instructions. So you pop pop the device around your um, on your chest. You lie back, close your eyes. Um, it comes with a bit of a bean bag or a mask, so you can also block out light if you want to. Pop on your headphones, um, and you've already chosen which tune, which track, or which session you want from the app. Uh, and we'll be adding more sessions uh, going forward. Uh, and you hit go and you lie back and you, you know, you're in a nice safe space. Um, you know, um, all the people do do it on the public transport, et cetera. You might, maybe you're at home or in your office, somewhere where you know you're not going to be interrupted for uh, 10, 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and then what you experience is a synchronized orchestration of sound and physical sensation. So it's if, if mono is single and stereo was double. We're now working with spatial sound, which is like 3D sound. Uh, Sensei adds the fourth dimension, the dimension of time and space, if you like, by creating music, which is a physical experience as much as a um, an oral experience. So a lot of people liken it to feeling um, like, like a flotation tank, uh, a very light, uh, relaxed, um, um, deeply integrated body uh, not everybody likes that so a lot of pe the people that don't like it tend to liken it to uh, like a sound bath or a gong bath um, which right. is i've heard of that experience. i've experienced yeah. one of those i kind of like it there you go so. yeah um wonderful things uh, not everybody has experience of that but um everybody will have experience of uh feeling in in the moment having a flow like experience um you know, even if it's only you know Psychologically, even if somebody hasn't done this, it's the equivalent of getting to the top of a, a beautiful hill on a lovely day and looking around you and going, ah. that's kind of what it does. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, now, I, I must admit, I'm, I, I, I do like this, the sound of it. Um, but is there any um, published sort of research, you know, proof, peer-reviewed sort of proof that these techniques actually do us some good? Yeah, I mean, there's ample evidence for uh, breathing, obviously, for meditation. I mean, 
there, there were literally libraries full uh, of uh, data to show that meditation is one of the single biggest uh, most important interventions that you can do to um, increase happiness but also increase productivity and decrease the risk of uh, chronic illness uh, the difficulty is um, doing it because uh, to learn to breathe effectively or meditate effectively takes um, thousands of hours and therefore only a tiny percentage of people will ever go on to be proficient at it then the next question is, is, is this meditation? And no, it's not. It's not meditation. I'm an experienced meditator. I've studied with many uh, monks and uh, you know, ex meditation experts, and I've spent you know, time on retreat. This is not meditation. And sensate is not meant to be a replacement for classical meditation. Uh, but my experience, as I said in clinic, was that uh, I found that um, just the mere idea of the benefits of meditation was unavailable to the majority of the people I was seeing. Um, and what I hope is that um, of the uh, millions of people who end up using Sensate, that a percentage of them will go on to develop a meditation practice. But you, know, you can't meditate unless you can breathe and you can't breathe when your emergency response is being activated, when you feel uh, threatened in some kind of existential way. And this is what's stopping people from being able to meditate now compared to uh, you know, one, two, three, 20 decades ago. Um, is that most, for a lot of people, when they close their eyes uh, and try to relax, they feel anxious and they can't. Yeah, the mind, a lot of people's mind is simply too busy and overwhelmed mm -hmm. to be able to self-regulate. You know, and, and, and that's hardly surprising, is it? And nobody's to blame for that. Just the amount of data, yeah, the amount of incoming information from devices and from the world in general is so overwhelming. We weren't evolved. We didn't evolve to live like this. We can't, we can't cope with that without specific action on our own part to learn how to re-regulate it. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. And in fact, I think I probably, some of the time, maybe even a lot of the time, uh, feel that uh, myself. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see this sounds uh, very interesting and potentially uh, can help lots of people. So, Stefan, if people are listening to this and thinking, all right, uh, now is the time I need to do something to change. What, I mean, whether it's trying sensate or trying to find out a bit more about relaxing or meditating. And um, two, two things, really. Can, can you suggest uh, uh, a resource that people can go to? To you know, just just to help them in the first instance, and then if they're interested in in finding out a bit more about Sensate, uh, somewhere where they can go and find out about that as well. You know, it's a cliche, but um, the best things in life really are free. <laughs> um, and you know, that including uh, and meditation, but they did, they've become difficult, it seems, uh, and that's a terrible tragedy. But um, I think one thing we all need to do. Um, as individuals and for the sake of the human race and therefore for the sake of the planet is to reconnect with nature. Um, you know, we need to rewild a little bit and become concerned about sustainability. Uh, and we all have a part to play in that. And I think what one, um, one of the issues is that when people feel um, uh, scared and powerless and helpless, they don't make the kind of small changes they could. They, you know, they think, oh, what's the point in my recycling properly? Or what's the point in my 
being concerned about where, how much I consume or where I consume from, we're doomed anyway. And so eco-anxiety is a genuine thing. It's a huge thing. Um, and it's paralyzing millions of people around the world to believe that they can't do anything. And that's the single biggest um, myth that I think we need to get around over the next you know, year or two while there's still time is to realize that actually our actions do have huge consequences. Um, and you know, every positive action that we make becomes part of the same actions by millions of people. So you know, if we go, go out into nature, and that can be um, a bean on your windowsill, you know, grow a plant, you know, go down the path, look at the trees notice the change of seasons um, and if you're, ha if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where you can really do that wonderful um, you know if you're in a tower block you've still you've got a window uh, um, so have some experience of growing and seeing try and buy you know your produce in a sustainable way uh, locally produced um, in the you know way in the country you're living in rather than flowing in from South America and and become experienced with what is in season because yeah, we've lost all, we've lost so much context around what grows where and what is in season. Let's try and eat seasonally from where we live. That alone puts you back into a rhythm with nature and therefore yourself um, that is self-sustaining um, and, and enables people to self-regulate in a way that we've lost the ability to do. And um, uh, if in doubt, breathe out. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of information about breathing as, as, you know, um, has come onto the scene in the last couple of years. You wouldn't have thought breathing would be something that um, we, we would have to be told how to do, right? You know, you can easily think, well, I've been breathing my entire life. And of course you have, but um, a lot of people hold their breath. And it's, and it's the first thing that we do when we feel a strong emotional uh, feeling is, uh, you know, from being in love to being petrified, the first thing we do is hold our breath. So we can become much more proficient at regulating ourselves by breathing out. Because when you breathe out, everything drops and relaxes. When you breathe in, everything raises and tenses. So just, just breathe out. Don't get worried. Don't get too you know, concerned about counting. In fact, counting can be almost be counterproductive. Um, or you know, am I doing it right? So let's stop torturing ourselves about are we doing it right? Um, and just allow, you know, your body will self-regulate. If you, if you get your kind of own uh, worries out of the way, your autonomic nervous system will self-regulate. Okay. All right. We, so just, have, we just have to get ourselves out of the way. Yeah, there's, there's some good general thoughts and advice. And I'm thinking while you were saying that, actually, yeah, you know what? I need to do that. <laughs> and then... Um, more specifically, give us give us the website for your uh, Sensate device so people can find out a bit more about that, should they, uh, should they desire. Yeah, of course. I'm delighted, obviously, for people to do that. So www.sensate.com. Uh, so www.getsensate.com. S-E-N-A-T-E. Getsensate.com. Okay. So a very, very, very simple website. Um, Stefan, thank you very much indeed for chatting. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Very interesting. You're welcome. And uh, good luck with it all. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here. Thanks for asking.
station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things. Make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. To my guests on this week's show, and they were Dr. Sarah Jarvis talking about cholesterol and Stefan Kumelik talking about Sensate. And of course, thank you to you for listening. That was the Relax Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening, and please do join us again next time.